Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Your Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwadell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? Buddy, it has been far, 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 far too long. The sports landscape's almost completely changed since the last time we spoke. That's funny because you send me these texts every day and you're like, you know what, I feel pretty good about this distance. (laughs) Oh man, I'm just like... Uh, the Celtics went down in flames. I, again, was right with the Warriors uh, winning the championship. Ballsy call there. Uh, well, I mean, I said it in uh, September, so yeah. Yeah, that's uh, um, I mean, this is, it, it, like, the NHL's over, everything, sports are done, the NBA draft happened. We, you know, scheduling, not, not, our, not our strong suit. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, life gets in the way. Um, which is oh. not what they say in Jurassic Park. They really <laughs> f- finds a way. Also, I hear Jura- the new Jurassic Park movie is just utterly horrible. I couldn't even imagine ever watching Ap- it. Apropos of nothing, Jurassic Park, one of my favorite movies of all time, saw it seven and one quarter times in the theater when I was a youngster. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We could, but we won't. Oh boy, could we? A lot of these things that you've mentioned have happened. Uh, okay. I need to talk about this because I wasn't there to talk about it on Wednesday in my normal producer role. What are we going to do about Mark? Because I'm not okay with him leading you guys all in better slight. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anybody's okay show. with it. <laughs> you missed the banner raising. That's that's what you oh, missed. Oh, I saw the editing. Yeah, I was. I had to do the editing. I saw it. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't it's a know. Shitty banner, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It, sometimes even a blind squirrel finds a nut. The week that he had the best week of anybody ever, his actual picking record was atrocious. Mm-hmm. So really, with about a month and a half to go left in the season, maybe a little bit more, depending on when uh, week zero is for college football. We're talking probably two months. He's going to blow this. It, 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 there's just no way. You know, you get lucky with the Warriors. Peyton Pritchard misses a three late in the game. Nobody scores or fouls because it's kind of a blowout. And you get lucky with a 13-point win. That, that's a dart. You just, you're just you shooting a dart at a dartboard and you kind of get lucky. Matt Fitzpatrick gets a good pick. What, what can you say? He did a little bit of research. Guy won the amateur at, at Brookline. Uh, you know, now he's he wins the, the U.S. Open there. So, I mean, that one I'll give him a little bit more credit for. But the rest of the week was unbelievably mediocre, uh, to the point where it was almost atrocious, if we're being honest, and it saved him. Honestly, Did, didn't he need that Fitzpatrick plus 2,000 to actually go positive? To get into positive for the season, a 50-point win wouldn't have done enough, or 50-unit win wouldn't have done enough for his week to get him out of the negative had Fitzpatrick just lost and come in second and Will Zalatoris wins. We're talking a whole different ballgame if that's the case. 
So, hey, listen, it's it's all going to even out. That's how this that's how this works. He had another good week this week, to be fair. So I have to give it to him. Uh, but it, it it's not the consistency. If you've if you've followed along with Better's Delight over the course of the last two and a half seasons, you, you know the consistency is going to go the other way sooner rather than later. Were you a uh... Because you you suddenly had all the power, you had all the controls in, in front of you. Were you fidgeting with the volume? No. So the issue is is that Mark recorded with his headphones because oh that, that makes sense. As then. as I mean, shocking to almost no one, uh, his regular microphone was not working. It was just coming up as not connected the entire time. Uh, okay. So we had you know ten to fifteen minutes of troubleshooting before. Uh, before we just decided to do the uh, headset mic. Yeah, I did have a I this is the hardest time I've had in a while just getting the audio mix right cuz usually I'm keeping notes during the show, but uh I don't uh, I don't envy these folks who do this professionally and have to just take a show that they have no prior knowledge of and uh figure out how to make it sound good. Good right. luck. That that's not a fun job. No, I couldn't imagine having to do this professionally like professionally 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 uh the nba draft happens i you know uh, as the text i sent you never second guess yourself gregory i was i was confident in some things that were going to happen i i loved keegan murray plus 500 number to go four loved jaden ivy i think like plus 175 to go five and then i overthought everything it's can't second guess yourself Overthought everything. Listened. uh, Let 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 my gut influence me, and uh, you know, things kind of fell apart there. Uh, Obviously, nobody could have uh, nobody could have really seen a couple of days before the the Palo Bancaro move going number one overall. But yeah, four or five. I I knew it, man. I knew it. Jaden Ivey didn't even work out for the Kings. He said he didn't want to go there. He didn't work out for them. Didn't even make a ton of sense in that backcourt next to De'Aaron Fox. I mean, it could work, but it's not an ideal fit. Keegan Murray always made more sense, especially considering they're trying to trade Harrison Barnes. It's... I'm, I'm just... I'm disappointed with myself but uh you know obviously chet still went number two i still got pbj top 30 i still got wendell moore jr top 30 yeah so it could have been worse yeah no i mean you know, the, the the number one overall pick going the opposite way really really is what kind of threw threw it off a little bit um but yeah you know you go three and three it's it's not the worst not the worst at all what do you think the reasoning for Bancaro suddenly going number one overall was? Because it it was always uh, Jabari Smith for the Magic. It, they were like, you know, Jonathan. I don't know if you... Did you watch the draft live? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Did you see Wojnarowski was on twice in the top four picks to, to announce basically who the team was going to pick before they took him? I didn't. I did. I wasn't paying that close enough attention to realize that. But I. I hate the NBA draft because of Twitter and because of that kind of stuff. Well, specifically, I think they let him do that because of how wrong his tweets were leading up to the draft about how you know, barring a miracle, 
there, you know, Jabari Smith will go number one, Chad Holmgren will go number two, and Paolo Bancaro will go number three. There was all of that stuff. He was like captaining the this is locked, this is the order it's going to be uh, bandwagon for so long. And I wonder if they just did that to let him have a little credibility. Yeah, probably. I mean, that makes it makes a lot of sense because I just don't see I don't see how you can miss it that poorly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just so bad. Like it, yeah. <laughs> like that's your only job. Your only job is NBA insider. How is that possible? And I know, I guess I remember seeing that they uh like he never had a formal workout with the Magic, yada 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 and all mm. that stuff, but like come on. What are we what are we doing here? Yeah, he declined to work out uh the week leading up to the draft largely because it seemed like it was set in stone it what the picks were going to be. It was going to be Smith, Holmgren, Bancaro and uh I just don't understand the rationale for the magic to lie about it and to to attempt to hide their intentions like that because if you have the number 1 pick like especially considering the Rockets desperately wanted Palo. It why lie? Why keep it a secret? What was the benefit? I there there is none. There's not that's that's not being able to play your hand well. That's when that's flopping a full house and immediately like standing up at the table and like fist pumping when the flop hits. Like that is it, it's 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 not a good not a good poker face, like to be to be honest. I really don't get it. I don't get because you have the ability to manipulate that situation in in a way where you can really make out as like who knows what the Rockets would have given you if you said you were definitely going to take like you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it there was certainly a way to play it, and I don't necessarily know if they did that the best way. Like even if you're 100 percent sold on on Paulo as your or Paolo as your your guy, like. There's got to be, you can at least listen to the conversation, right? There's always a price. There's always a price. For oh, especially in a draft like this. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not at least being able to have the conversation with, with Houston and be like, well, we're really kind of locked in and we're going to take, uh, we're going to take Palo here unless you got something that can really uh, sweeten the deal. Yeah, like the like the hundred first round picks you guys have. Yeah, like, because the ma- it's not like the Magic are one player away. No, you know? they're certainly not one player away when that number one pick is Paolo Bancaro. No, no, and and I think I, I'm a little bit higher on him than I think some people are, uh, but like it, he's not that final piece that puts them over the edge, you know. I would think Bancaro rates as the. Look, he's a very good basketball player. I'm not. I'm not pooping on Paolo, the basketball player. And I was. I was super, uh, super impressed with his tournament play. But I. I'm more looking at this list of number one overall picks, and I can't remember the time there was, there was someone as, uh, who who moved the needle less than Bancaro, maybe. Maybe DeAndre Ayton back in 2018. But like, okay, I'll name a player. You tell me who you're taking, uh, Palo or that player. Okay. Last year, Cade Cunningham. 
I'm taking Cade. Yeah, me too. Before that, Anthony Edwards. Uh, I'm probably. I wasn't overly impressed with Edwards at Georgia, but I'm probably taking Edwards because I think he's more athletic. And he fits in the modern day NBA archetype better as well. Um, Zion or Paolo? I mean, come on, human highlight reel. And again, we have to Zion. we have to remember this is at the time of the NBA draft. Oh yeah, not, that's not that's with because because next is Markel Fultz. I probably. <laughs> Oh man, it looks like revisionist history. Um, I wasn't overly thrilled at Fultz, like thrilled with like the excitement around him because you played for a team that stunk and didn't make the NCAA tournament from a conference that's not very good. Uh, but I'm, I'd probably be more excited just based off of how he played basketball versus the style of play that Bancaro has. Yeah, I mean, we thought Fultz was going to be a superstar lead guard. And yeah. and we got the, the most, I don't want to get into this conversation, but the most frustrating thing that we ever got as Philadelphia fans was that summer league. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're like, hey, look at how good this guy is. Oh, what? He hurt his shoulder and can't shoot anymore? Well, we'll always have summer league. I mean, it's... It's le- legitimately like one of those things that's like, what actually injured that shoulder? Yeah. It'll forever, it'll forever live in in my brain. Like it has to be. I have turned the table uh, a little bit. I was, I just, <sighs> I, for a while, I was kind of mad at faults. Like I was, I was frustrated that we didn't get what we were promised. But I like, I, he's like Markel Fultz seems like a nice kid. Yeah, I don't think all of it was really on him. I think there was I think the more you like kind of get further away from the situation and you look back and you're like, I I don't know if that kid got the best advice from people around him. Oh, he didn't. He wanted yeah. to stay in school. His mom made him declare for the draft. Yeah, I I think there's a lot more to that to to that entire situation than uh than really play, played out. And and also he's kind of said all the right things upon leaving. You know what I mean? He kind of, kind of, you know, rubbed the belly of the fans and being like, it wasn't their fault, you know. Yeah, even, even said they were always good to me. Yeah. So like, how, how am I supposed to stay mad at him for that? I can't. I can't be mad at a guy that does that. It proves <sighs> that you can always, you can always turn, at least in my mind, as a Philadelphia fan, you can always sort of turn the fan base back your way well, if you just say the right thing. Up next is Ben Simmons. <laughs> I mean, of Ben Simmons is absolutely the hype and the excitement was way more. And that's not even coming from a Phillies. A, a oh, Phillies. for sure. Yeah. But I don't see a scenario where Ben Simmons ever is not a villain in Philadelphia. Oh, dear God, no. Yeah, he's he's one of those special exceptions. Like, I even think there's a chance that Carson Wentz could turn it around. Like, there's a clear difference. Even though they're guys in very similar situations who left and sort of pouted their way out the door. Uh, well, not sort of pouted. They pouted their way out the door. Carson uh, showed up, and Carson wanted to play. Yeah, just poorly. Um, oh, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I think there is certainly a way that he could venture back into the world. I mean, the guy wanted would have won an MVP and was part of a Super Bowl mm-hmm. team, the first Super Bowl team for the franchise. So, like, yep. there's a big difference there, obviously, but I do think there's a way to sort of turn that back around. Cat or Paolo? <sighs> I think because of Cat's... Um, 
because of Cat's sort of college career and like the success that those college teams had, even though I don't think they won a national championship, but that the success they had was he was was he on the he had to have been the Harrison twins, right? Was that Cat uh, 20, or was that Anthony Davis? 2014, 2015. Uh, let's. Uh, I can. That might, uh, you know what? It might be. It might be after the Harrison twins with Kentucky. It might be the next uh, iteration of of Kentucky guys. Well, he he had. Well, Gregory, uh, 2014, 2015 roster. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some names that he played with. Derek Willis, Tyler Eulis, Alex Poitras, Trey Lyles, Dakari Johnson, Andrew Harrison, Aaron Harrison, Willie Cauley-Stein, and a freshman guard by the name of Devin Booker. Yeah, what was that team's record? <laughs> That's a pretty good team. Like nine pros on that yeah. roster, including like two potential all-star starters. Uh, yeah. What what's the what was their record? 38 and 1. Yeah, they only lost in the national championship game or the semifinal maybe. They lost I think I think they lost to Wisconsin. It. They in lost the in the national semifinals to Wisconsin yeah. by 7 points. Yeah. So, I mean, listen. It, like I think the excitement around the guy who was a focal point on a team that went, you know, Thirty-eight and one, far outweighs the excitement yeah. of a team that that you know made the same round national semifinal but failed sort of uh, in grand fashion. Not to Paulo's fault. I don't think he was the main reason why that team fell apart. He sort of no. did disappear a little bit in crunch times. But uh, no, I think Cat would have a little bit more of uh, you know excitement around him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, no, come on, dude. There's way too much hype around the excitement for Wiggins. Winless for Wiggins, those types of things. For sure. That was, that was a very interesting draft year, and, and ultimately a year that shaped the Philadelphia 76ers forever. Because if Joel doesn't break his foot, he's the number one pick. Yeah, and we have Andrew Wiggins in a title, right? That's how that works? I'm pretty sure he was always destined to win that. Uh, 2013, we're, we're going back basically 10 drafts now, and we have Anthony Bennett. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, this is the one that he beats because. Well, we talked. We talked really quickly about Aiden. Would you have him or Aiden? I mean, Arizona was good. Yeah. They, the issue was is they were in the middle of that like, like all the scandal came right after Aiden, right? And there was kind of rumblings that 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 stuff was coming down the the pike and and that sort of stuff. So there's a little bit of a hindrance there but Aiton from a from a performance standpoint held up there it just wasn't like the the sexy pick right does that make sense like yeah i mean it would have been the sexy pick if it was 1985 right exactly that that's the great way to put it so i do think it's a good comparison in terms of excitement and expectation when they came into the league that kind of thing 20 you points know? a game people forget how dominant Aiton was at arizona too it was great 20 points a game, 11.6 rebounds, two blocks, shot 34% from three and, you know, limited attempts. He was, he was outstanding. I mean, he was like that whole team, uh, like was really, really good. Like, and him being that, that main guy, like their main guy scores when crunch time, Aiton was getting the ball. Like that's, he was able to take over games for that team. Sean Miller was sweating through his shirt. 
Uh, it was, you know, that was an Arizona team that you literally thought, like, this team could potentially win the national championship. Now, like they've done several times in the history of their program, they flamed out uh, in great fashion. But they certainly, yeah. they certainly had a guy who dominated college basketball for a year. And I don't think you necessarily felt that way with, with Bancaro. I don't think, like, and that Duke team should have. They have, I think, what, all five starters got drafted? Yeah, like, all, t- all five, well, four first-round picks, and uh, Trevor Kills went 45, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about a team that should have conceivably dominated college basketball and weren't overly impressive. Like Their, they, their problem in my mind, and a lot of teams seem to be suffering from this recently, was point guard play. They, they fell into the trap of let's put a bunch of really super talented guys together and somebody will handle the ball. Often it was Palo. But when you get to those crunch time moments, when you get into a half-court offense, you need a point guard to set the tone. And Jeremy Roach just wasn't that guy for Duke. No, he really... And I don't know whether it's just hard because of the group of guys that you have around him because they're so immensely talented. You don't really know... Like, that's got to be tough in terms of distribution, in terms of, uh, like, having to raise your level of play to be on that level. Like, he certainly had flashes of it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, like, it, it, it wasn't, not enough, because enough isn't the, isn't the right word for it. That's not really what, uh, what I, what I'm trying to say. It's just, he was just a level below what they really needed in terms of commanding the offense, commanding the floor and being that floor general that I think a team with that much talent really needs to kind of give them a cohesive feel. It felt at times that Duke was very not unorganized, but didn't necessarily know what they were looking to do on like, uh, I must said online, uh, Mm. what they were looking to do on offense. Like you, especially late in games during crunch time, like you would find them where hey we're within a bucket or within you know 2 to 5 points and we need a we need a bucket on offense and it became not an iso show but kind of where it was hey give Paulo the ball uh, see what he can do with it and if he can't do anything with it can anybody else kind of do anything versus the and part of that's also coaching whatever you want to say about coach K he's obviously an accomplished coach but i don't yeah. necessarily know I think it's kind of shown how well he's done in sort of this updated version of college basketball, you know, where yeah. you are getting those one and done stars or those one and done players. And I know he had one year of a title, but like, it's just a different game and getting that there's such a difference between how in those, in those late game opportunities and in those situations where you really need people to come through the lack of experience with, with each other really, really shows and I think that is kind of where where Roach let them down per se. But I don't necessarily know if it's all his fault. But it certainly didn't help that he wasn't able to kind of take take control of it all. Well, I don't blame him for no, not of being not. good enough. It, it falls upon the people putting that roster together to actually put get the right people in the positions. Yeah, I mean you have to. And I just don't think that they were. I don't think that they were able to 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 really find it, unfortunately, for them. Now that, again, that sorry, I was gonna yeah. say again, they led to four first round draft picks, a fifth starter who was drafted in the second round. Like, you know, it's great for recruiting. John Shire's team now. Yeah, and that national championship team that was. I mean, talk about another team that had five pros on it. 
Quinn Cook, Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones, Justin Winslow, uh, Dillo Okafor, Emil Jefferson. I, hell, I think uh, Plumlee was in the NBA for a while. I think Sean Obi was in the NBA for a while. Yeah, dude. It like they were solid. Yeah, they were very good. I don't know how. Man, it's and great. they had specifically had two point guards in Quinn Cook and Tyus Jones. Yeah, guys who could come in and. Like, legitimately play the point guard position. Not just, oh, he's a guy who's a scorer, he's this, he's that. Um, but he also brings the ball up. It, there is just a different feel. There's a different feel to those types of players. And you can see it. You see it in the NBA, too. Like, teams that have true, legitimate point guards who play, like, the the traditional point guard style play yeah. are, are so much different than teams that kind of have that guy who – Eh, you know what? He probably could be a two guard, but he brings the ball up and he kind of runs the like. There is a clear difference, despite the fact that we do positionless basketball. Like well, that- that's that's exactly right. We've moved into this era where it's like give your best player the basketball and see what happens. And we saw Golden State win a, ch- a title because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like they they just somehow some way put the right pieces together all the time. I don't know how I don't know how that works. I can't figure it out. Like what what are other GMs doing? I mean obviously it helps that you have all-time greatest shooter Steph Curry, probably a top 5 to 10 greatest shooter in Klay Thompson. That mm. obviously helps, but the pieces around them and you can't obviously leave out Draymond despite the fact that he struggled for part of the finals. Like yeah. you can't leave him out uh in the conversation for sure. But the it's the pieces around that just somehow always seem to work. It's 400-year-old Sean Livingston. It's 4,700-year-old Andre Iguodala. Sean Livingston was the was the settling factor for that team in a lot of situations. When everybody else wasn't going, you could put Livingston in. He, he was going to hit that 12-foot jump shot. He was going to run the offense. It's just That was a perfect fit. It really was. It, it always, I'll always kind of wonder what Sean Livingston would have been had he not gotten seriously injured in like the craziest freak accident of all time. Yeah. Uh, like what that, what that career looks like. Cause he was so good. And then <sighs> that like crazy weird knee dislocation after like a layup or a dunk. I don't even remember. It was just awful. Like, what, what could have been with a guy who has, like, that kind of basketball mind? Or does that basketball mind develop because of all the time on the sidelines around NBA teams? Like, Well, there's something bad about the, the last name Livingston. I mean, it, the, the person who doesn't get talked about a lot is Randy Livingston, who actually, you know, made it a little while. But Randy Livingston was, like, the prospect in high school basketball. He was going to be the next star at the time, and then he suffered a catastrophic knee injury. Goes to LSU, and you know, not it doesn't work out. But something about Livingston's and knee injuries is just, uh, it's just bad luck. Not great, not great at all. Like that guy was unbelievable. <sighs> I mean, just if your last name's Livingston, just protect the knees, just please. Just change we your need, name. We, well, that you could just do that too. That's probably. Or does that just follow? Like that just that just follows you. Like that. Uh, like, remember that story from like probably at this point, it's probably like a decade ago. Uh, the guy who was like twenty four, uh, pretending to be like a high school junior. Oh yeah, playing, yeah, for sure. High school basketball. One of the more ridiculous stories of all time when it comes to sports. Uh, yeah, and he wasn't even that good. No. Yeah, which is crazy. 
Like he, he, was, was, uh, he was a like he, he was an African. I forget where, but he, he was African, right? I, I don't remember exactly, but it was so. It was just. Like the, the 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 ridiculousness of the story. He was legitimately like twenty three or twenty four, parading around as like a seventeen year old. Uh, high school basketball star turns out to be twenty five year old. Yeah, man. there it is. <laughs> I know. I was, I'm a hundred percent wrong. I remember. That, well, uh the name is Sydney Gilstrap Portley. I mean, just insane. Being 25, posing as a high school player. Yeah, there's a whole lot of other issues that go along with that as well that we probably don't want to suss out too oh, much. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah like, no way. You know, that's rape. That's statutory be, rape. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There actually might even be another guy because I don't even know if I, this is the guy that I'm thinking. No, I thought it was an I thought it was an African kid because this one seems way more recent. Uh, here's here's thirty year old caught posing as a high school <laughs> basketball player. Uh, oh yeah, this is a hundred percent the guy I was talking about. Uh, Central Catholic, and quite frankly, dude looks thirty. Um, let's see what his name is. Jonathan Nicola. Again, I don't know if that's the guy that I'm thinking of. But oh, I see this that is the, name too. Yeah, this is the guy. Looking, I'm looking at a video of him right now. This is a hundred percent the guy I thought we were talking about, and he was thirty. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Uh, and like he's adequate. <laughs> he's not even, he doesn't even look like he's a star. He looks like he's adequate. That's not good. That can't be good. And this, this like weird, uh, uh, I don't know who does TYT sports. Apparently they do pretty well, but uh, this dude looks like a mix between BJ Novak and Adam Sandberg and his <laughs> Hamburg. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Here's the guy I was thinking of, Girdwich Montemir. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, His, he was he was parading around as Jerry Joseph, the 16 year old high school basketball star, but he was actually 22 uh, at uh, Permian High School in uh, uh, in Texas. Girdwich. Okay, I Girdwich. found I found it. This is the one I remember. Apparently, this happens all the time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks... I can see how he got away with it a little bit more than some of the other ones. I mean, he was... I mean, he was only 22. So, like, to be fair, like, he wasn't that old. But it's just so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. He was playing, he was 22, pretending to be 16, and only got found out, this is the best, because a high school, his old AAU coach saw him at a tournament. I was like, dog, this guy's like 35 years old. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, got arrested for uh, presenting false information to a police officer. Yeah, you can't do that. That seems illegal. Yeah, they, they frown on Not that. Not just seems, actually is. That's yeah, Well, yes, he was arrested <laughs> for it. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Got a three-year prison sentence. I don't know if that's related to what we were talking about. I imagine there were other things going on. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You're like, what is wrong with these people, man? How does it happen? Like, I just don't understand how that happens. I can see how it happened, like, a long time ago. I can't see how it happens anymore. No, absolutely. I could 100% see that. 
Wait, you know okay. The the second guy, the the Jonathan Nicola or whatever his name was, like if he was a foreign kid and he came in and he was like, oh, so I've just I've I've come from Congo to play basketball. Uh, no identification, <laughs> but dunk basketball I do. They're yeah. Like, all right, I guess we can give that a well, shot. It's, it's like the it's like Matumbo, right? Nobody knows exactly how old Matumbo is, and that's not because he's lying about his age. It's just because. Oh no, people think like, he's lying about his age, hundred well, percent. Some people do, you know, but it, like part of that is you may just not know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I had taught when when I was doing tales, like a lot of people I talked to said Matumbo finished playing basketball. Maybe he was fifty. Listen, now if he was, then great for Matumbo. Getting paid. Getting paid to play professional basketball until you're 50. Can't beat that. Uh, yeah, but you don't, you don't start until you're 35. <laughs> well, hey, what can you do? I mean, that just pre- if that's the case, then he's like 38 years old, upsetting the number one seed as a Denver Nugget. So, yeah, he had, that, he had that old man strength. Apparently. The five-game first-round series, I almost think it needs to come back, though. The drama, the drama of a five-game series in basketball like that is that is one one like bad bounce away from from a serious upset like a seven game series is just so long for the the underseeded team or not the, the lower seeded not underseeded the lower seeded team to to be consistently better than the higher seeded team that that like off chance because things in the NBA playoffs just go seemingly so chalk right mm-hmm. what do we have the the one seed in the east up against the what were the Warriors the third Three. seed yeah like you know it it it's very very chalky you don't necessarily get you don't you almost never if well ever, the Celtics again. the Celtics were a two right because no, I think were they were the one. one oh no yeah you know what they might have been the two so you're right so the two versus the three so not chalk I mean as as almost chalk as chalk could get. Right. When's the last time someone below the four seed made the NBA Finals? Don't I don't even know what the bubble year was, but if we take the bubble out of it, it's got to be like a LeBron Cavs team that finished like seventh. And but outside of those teams, I can't remember a time where it was legitimate. And like, it's crazy. I'm looking at it. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find seeds in here. Is the problem though? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. All right. Well. Um. Okay. So we had two three this year. We had two three last year. We had one five prior. That was the bubble. We had two one. We had four two. We had two one one one. Who was one one, Greg? What year was it? The last time two number one seeds faced off was in 2016. I mean, it's gotta be 2016. Would it be because it's probably just prior to KD you, leaving? You can go ahead and comfortably say the Western Conference team because they made the finals almost every year. All right, so then it's the Warriors. Yes. Uh, who's the team they beat for okay, the first? Okay, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna make this easy for you. They lost. Ooh. They lost in 2016. Was it to Miami? No, sir. Oh. Uh then it would have been to. Oh man, this is this he, is bullshit. He brought us he brought a championship. Uh, no, LeBron? Yeah, it was the, the Cavs. Cavs? Ah oh, man, I thought and man. It I'm was ho- Warriors Cavs four years in a row. I knew that. I knew that. I just couldn't remember if there was a break year at one point. Prior to that, two one, two one, two one, two two, 
two three four one three one one one. That was that was Celtics Lakers. That was Shaq and Kobe versus uh, KD and all them. That yeah. was great. Amazing that was series. oh my god, that's so good. Two three two four two two three two. You ain't getting like, a, you ain't getting anywhere below the four. Ever. No two one three one two one 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 eight uh one eight in nineteen ninety nine. And then we have a bunch of one ones for, for several the eight years. Seed? Uh, they were coached by one Jeffrey Van Gundy. The no, it wouldn't have been the Knicks, right? It was in fact the Knicks. As the eight seed. Yep, My the word. Knicks. Let's see the team plays home. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine, the New York basketball Knicks. Then Bulls Jazz for a long time. Bulls Sonics. I don't. I'm looking for a time where two, <laughs> four or four or higher seeds faced off. I don't think you're gonna find it. I don't know. I'll take even two, three. Okay, we can get two, three or higher in 1978 when uh, the Washington Bullets beat the SuperSonics. Yeah, I mean, that that's how long ago. That's how long ago you get even anything. Like that, that it that isn't like almost very chalky. Like even now, you'd say one through three. Well, those are all division winners, right? So yeah. I, so that is that is the two highest seeds that have ever faced off in the finals. That's crazy. That's crazy. And not that the NBA playoffs isn't fun. It is, but it's just it feels like there's never there's never that chance that one of those teams is going to pull through. So like you, you want kind of just, you want two of the playing teams playing each other? Not that I want that, but sometimes the ability to have the ability to have the chaos happen is fun. Like that's what makes the NCAA tournament so fun. It's honestly what makes the college football playoff sometimes intensely boring. Those semifinal games, they are sometimes absolutely brutal because yeah. it's just going to be chalk and I don't think you can fix that by adding more teams. I think adding more teams gives you the ability to have more fun games. But those those first two, I mean, like the the semifinals right now, nobody there's nobody in the in the class with like Alabama or Georgia or the years the Clemson's just unreal. Like it's just, there's just nothing you can do about it. I agree. I yeah. agree. I don't know what the solution is though. We're we're gonna get uh, two new expansion teams in 2025. Maybe that is that will bring parity to the NBA. Maybe, dude. I actually watched. Uh, speaking of basketball and expansion, I watched. Uh, well, me and me and my wife watched the Dream On documentary about the '96 women's dream team. Mm-hmm. Very good documentary. Like very good three parts. I think they're each like between like 49 and 55 minutes long. Really interesting. A lot of stuff you didn't know about that team and sort of how it led into like professional basketball in the United States now for women. Yeah, I will. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably not going to watch that. But... <laughs> well, if, if you're into interesting sports documentaries, it was definitely one uh, one to, to watch. So I just got so much stuff to watch. Is but the problem. It, you don't have to tell me. I don't watch anything. I, I still have three episodes of We Own This City to watch. I've no, had that I, for months. I never even started. <laughs> first four episodes are pretty good. So I would love to finish it at some point. Or No, first three episodes are pretty good. 
Somebody told me they didn't like it. Maybe it was your brother. Yeah, he's a nerd. So I don't like and the I, slander. Yeah, well, we like a lot of the same stuff, which doesn't reflect great on me. <laughs> not, not my problem. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't like the slander after the, 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 you know, two weeks ago when I yelled at him on Better's Delight. This is this is ridiculous. He comes on the show and slanders me the next day on the underdog. This is ridiculous. I don't recall any slander. Doesn't matter. He's still a nerd. But uh, that's, I'm surprised he wouldn't like that show, actually. But he also, there's there's certain shows that I think he would love that he, like, just doesn't like for some reason. Workaholics being the main one. That's the one that I'll never understand. It's, like, his exact, like, demeanor and attitude and, like, comedy. And for some reason, he doesn't like that show. I don't, I'll never get it. Yeah, Workaholics is one of those shows, kind of like Always Sunny, where I was like, "Eh, I like it," and I just don't watch it. No, I could watch. I could watch Workaholics all day. I love the Always Sunny podcast. I'll listen to every episode of that, but you can't get me to go back and watch an episode. Really, really, I love Always Sunny too. I could. I mean, the the podcast is great, but also the actual show itself. Um, I haven't kept up as diligently in the later seasons, but that just seems to happen with shows that I really like. Like, I think about, like, shows like The Office. The Office sort of ends for me after Carell leaves. Like, that's mm. kind of where that ends. Um, Arrested Development, it ends after the Fox seasons. No. Uh, I, after the first two seasons. The Charlize Theron season is not good. It's a, diff- it's a difficult watch. I hear you. Uh, I will watch the episodes. I, they're, they're obviously not as enjoyable, but uh, anything after those, yeah, count me out. Uh, Scrubs, once you hit, like... Season like six, I fall way, way out of it. So I was I was doing a Scrubs rewatch and I just kind of stopped. That's what happens with me with Scrubs all the time. I always try and I never, I never get far enough into it to where it really pulls me back in. And it's and, no, it's never like I don't like this. It's one of those shows where if I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this was a good show. I, yeah. I I enjoy this. But then you know, there's nine hundred thousand other things on TV, and I go to one of them. Dude, I still have two seasons of Peaky Blinders to watch. I still I have an entire series of Peaky Blinders to watch. Dude, the first, so I got through season four. I'd have Matt tell me what season I ended on because I remember the last episode that I watched, uh, but I didn't want to go to Wikipedia and accidentally see something, you know, read the long season. So I asked him and he's like, yeah, you're season four. And I was like, God damn it. There's two. That means there's two seasons I have to finish. Uh, There's that. There's, um. Uh, obviously, Stranger Things. I haven't gotten back to watch those oh, yet. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I New have episodes to... on Friday. Well, here's the issue is my wife, the first season, we tried watching it, and she's like, I don't like, like, real early on, Demogorgons. She's like, I'm out. I don't like yeah. it. It's too scary, whatever. So I'm like, all right, that, no, no problem. So I watched it. Then we watched season two together, and season two was kind of a, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're all, they're all kind of standalone, too. Yeah, she gave up on it after that. And season three was so good with the mall. And apparently this season's even better. Oh, so, this season is good, man. So, like, I would love to, I need to watch it. I just need to find the time to do it. There's only so much time in the day that isn't taken up by darts uh, or me <laughs> watching other things. Might so. be your first problem. Well, hey, listen. Uh, it's uh, the week of, I think it was two weeks ago, where it was my birthday. Uh, the week, whatever week that was, I, I don't know, mold. I can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. that week there was literally, I think of, it was like an eight out of nine day stretch where there was a, some sort of darts tournament on leading up to the end of the world cup. 
It was it was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Interestingly, I'm looking at at uh, Stranger Things props on Bavada right now. The uh, will they who which character will die prop has been removed. Uh oh, that can't and be I, good. I wonder if something leaked, and that's why they're taking it out. Had because to. let's not forget, I got Steve at plus five hundred. Yes, you did. That's way that goes way back. And that was that the last time we looked at it, that had dropped all the way to Steve minus one fifty, way, way, way ahead of everybody else. That's. Yeah, that's that seems to tell you something. That seems to tell you really, really something. Yeah, it's interesting. It got pulled. Man, uh, can I tell you what I have? What has been my like time killer lately? And it's something that I had fallen out of for a very long time. But we were, we were uh, at a family thing last a couple Sundays ago, and uh, one of the kids is like, "Hey, do you want to come and play a video game?" I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And like first we're playing first we're playing Super Smash Brothers and I don't like Super Smash Brothers I've just never been into it. Uh, but then somebody's like, "Oh, let's play Mario Kart." And I was like, "Man, I haven't played Mario Kart in so long." Yeah. I forgot I forgot how much I like Mario Kart. I went out and immediately bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for for the Switch, and I have uh, I have three starred every track. I bought the DLC. <laughs> Like uh, I I love Mario Kart, dude. I play it on the I play the the old school one on uh the the DS or not the DS the uh the Switch. You can download the Super Nintendo thing, and Mario Kart's part of that. So I sit there oh, and play the old the I old school. Oh, you definitely do. If you have the free Super Nintendo thing, uh, that has like a bunch of games in it, Super Mario World, which I beat the whole game through playing it on the Switch, and then uh Mario Kart for Super Nintendo, so Super Mario Kart. Uh, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. Mario Mario Kart Eight has been out for like, I think it's actually eight years now, and it's it holds up. And they're still releasing releasing new tracks all the way through next year. That's crazy. I didn't realize but, that at all. Like I, I went from like I because I hadn't played in a while. Like I hadn't played a couple. I I guess like it would have been the last incarnation of the game. And I was just like, damn, this looks so much better. Yeah, oh, I'm into this. And like it literally the next day I went to Best Buy and I bought it and I've yeah at this point I have now three starred every single every single Grand Prix every single course. Yeah, we are far too similar, my man. Like you get something you get an idea in your head and it's like I'm doing this. I'm buying this tomorrow. And the nice thing about that too is like, you know, the races are like 4 minutes. Oh yeah, you could you could kill an entire Grand Prix in in just minutes. Oh yeah, it's, I can I do it. I've had a twenty minute timer set for my sprinkler in my front lawn, and I'll just do a grand prix, and yeah. I have time to spare. It's the best. And well, that's what. Uh, so speaking of games, Fall Guys finally came to Xbox. Mm, are you finally it's, playing? It's, oh, it's so it's so dumb and it's so fun, and I love every second of it. Uh, I I I was into it for a while. I was into it for a while. I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. Well. With playing it with other people, right? So, like, the solo stuff, sure. Like, I could play it a couple times, and then eventually I just get frustrated because I can never win, and then I just stop playing. But That's probably fair. Playing it with, like, either duos or quads, like, having two or four friends playing at the same time, and you're a team, and, like, there's a team aspect to it, and you can talk trash to the people that you're playing with, makes it so much more fun. It's it's so funny. And it's just such a dumb game. Like, the concept is dumb. Everything about it's just dumb. And I just enjoy it so thoroughly. Yeah, they released a free to play, right? 
Yep, absolutely. Free to play. I feel like a sucker for having bought it, but I think I can get it free on the on the Switch, so maybe I'll. Yeah, it's now. I believe it's free on the Switch. It's free on Xbox, and and just absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I I had my moment. I think I came in too late. Obviously, you came in way later than me. Well, but, yeah, much later. But you're definitely right. I just go in and I'm just trying to kill a couple of minutes downstairs or something like that. It's not like I'm trying. I'm planning to go play with my friends or anything. So. Well, yeah, I, think that's, I mean, that's the miss. I think that with every video game now, I find it harder and harder to, like, one, find time to play video games because I just have so much other shit going on. But then also, you mix in, like, the sports games to me have gotten so monotonous and dumb. Like, I don't... Yes, but Madden looks great. I, I've had the last, like, four or five Maddens, and they've I know, mediocre I, I, as hell. I read, I read the the hands on. I watched the video, and I may or may not know one of some of the people, one of the people that went to test it, uh, who's been on one of my shows before, and he like raves about it. Like he says, revolutionary mad. Hmm. Like well, this is this is the year to get back in. That's good to hear. I'll certainly be interested in that. No doubt. He says no doubt easily, easily the most fun it's ever been to actually like play football. Ooh. Uh, man, well, that, that's good to hear, but it also makes me terrified for what the new NCAA is going to look like. What, 2023? Yeah. Um, like I'm, does, but does it need to look good? I don't care if it looks good. I just I don't need either. the right game modes. I yeah, just, just make, make right. recruiting fun. fun. Just As yeah. long as recruiting's fun, oh, I don't care. I'm in. You have to take my money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I feel like... I've slowly fallen out of love with some some video gaming and just well, you're not young anymore. Stuff. Well, that's true. I guess that's a part of it. But like every once in a while, you catch lightning in a bottle. Warzone, when it first came out, was uh, I can't miss every season, every battle pass. I'm I'm locked in. I'm playing by myself. Like when everybody's asleep. Like there's if if my friends aren't on, like I'm running solos. It's fun. It's this and that. And then slowly but surely, the developers and whomever, and then the gamers themselves kill the game. Uh, and now it's not fun anymore. And I'm sure I just found like an old fuddy-duddy. I'm like, oh, I'm just not good enough to play the game. Probably true. But I wasn't mm-hmm. good enough when I was playing it all the time. So, like, <laughs> that that's just being honest. So, like, I just don't... I, like, every game has that moment, and it's hard for them to keep pulling me back in with stuff. Like, I have a buddy who's super excited for Warzone 2 and I couldn't be more out on it. Like the second yeah, iteration. I'll probably get it. it. I'll probably try it, but I don't I don't see it connecting. I don't think I played the last Call of Duty. I definitely bought it. Uh, I've purchased major I didn't buy the newest one. I think there's a newest one. I don't remember. Maybe I did buy it. I don't I don't know. I I haven't I, I just like there's just something about all the time that needs to be dedicated to, to upgrading things and doing stuff and having the right attachments for this and like when quarantine was happening like that was cool like i had things i could focus on if nobody else was on all right let's go try to upgrade and get this this and this uh with like actual like intent yeah like now it's just like it's gone too far and it always sort of does maybe it'll cycle back the only call of duty i ever got into like i appreciated how good like the first one was that was kind of revolutionary but was ww2 that was the only time i ever got into multiplayer was it so? Was it the World at War one, or was it? Uh, did they have one before that? Because I'm trying to think. Because Call of Duty World at War would have been 
2008, probably. No, this was had been later. This would have been this would have been like 2016, 2017, even even potentially later. Okay, so you're talking later. about the actual one that was called like WW2. Or yeah, Call of Duty WW2. Gotcha. I was thinking of the because <laughs> this is how my brain works. Um, uh, I was thinking of the actual game, like the first time they dipped into the World War Two. No, I remember that, and it was great. Yeah, which I was rem- it would have been W. No, I guess Call of Duty 1, 2, 3 were all World War II games. Yeah. Wikipedia. Huh. WW2 yeah, has to be the one that I'm thinking of, though. Then, then Modern Warfare came in and all right. they tried, tried to get cute. But... Oh, I mean, the original Modern Warfare, if you talk about, like, Call of Duty 4, was just an unbelievable hit. When you talk about multiplayer and those types of things. I was working at GameStop when Ghosts came out. Oof. Boy, did people not like that. Miss. Miss City. I bought it, but it was not one that got played very often. Almost yeah. never. That's interesting. I wonder how many games I have that I've never played. I don't Probably. have many. I, I, yeah. I would guess... Oh, God. Five to... I would guess seven to nine... That yeah, that probably. I mean, working at a GameStop, that probably evens out, and probably yeah. Makes I didn't sense. really buy many at that point. Well, <laughs> I yeah. got I did buy my Xbox One when I was working at GameStop. That makes sense. But, and I went the I went the first night. Uh, I worked the the PS Five launch, PS Four launch, and it was bananas. I could there imagine. were it lines around the fucking door. Around the around the the corner at the mall, just just forever, and it was it was chaos. It was like uh, it was like Black Friday stuff. I couldn't imagine. I didn't work the Xbox One, but I went in to pick it up. I, we, obviously, it's a midnight release. I went in. I don't know. I probably went in at like twelve fifteen or something, because I had a weird night before that. Let's put it like that. And uh, I literally walked up to the counter. <laughs> I was there was nobody there. Literally That's... walked up to the counter. And they they screwed that up. The PlayStation came out like a week before the Xbox. Yeah, it was a, it was a mistake. And it was on sale it was on pre-sale before. Yeah. That's they not messed great. that up pretty badly. Yeah. Although Xbox isn't really making inroads now, so who knows. No, not not really, unfortunately. It is it is very funny that uh, I say like, oh, I, I can't even imagine working something like that. And I worked for a cell phone company when the iPhone 4 and the first version oh. of the iPhone to be on this particular carrier happened. So I know exactly, like, I'm so dumb for even Cricket. saying, yeah, exactly. For even saying that out loud that I have no idea. I have too much of an idea. Yeah. Launch days for those types of things were the worst, the absolute worst. Well, fame. I've told my my um. Oh my God, was that Grand Theft Auto Four? Is that did it really come out that long ago? That's insane. Uh, but when GTA Four came out, it was my first ever day working at GameStop. Oh God. And uh, like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have training, and I it was, I didn't work during the day. I only came in to work the release, the midnight. And uh, that was the day that I robbed Nerland's Noel. Ah, uh, yes, I love that one. 
sold him uh, sold him a game without a game, and then he came back. Then a couple of days later, I don't know if it was the next day, and he was with Michael Carter Williams and somebody else when he came in uh, the first <laughs> time. And I was just like, oh my god, it's Nerlens Noel and Michael Carter Williams. And my boss is like, yeah, they're in here all the time. Calm down. Um, came back in. He's like, yeah, I bought this, and uh, there's no game in there. And uh, he's like, oh, who sold it? To the boss, my boss was like, who sold it to you? And I was just so desperately wanted him to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. But he pointed to me. Hey, well, hey, at least he knew he'll never forget you. That's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I once robbed Nerlens, and then I had to go count every single game, every single disc of uh, GTA we had in the store because we should have been a plus one. Oh dear God! And we were. So. Well, thank God. Nerland's got his game. Dog and I was fuck. just like, it's Nerland's Noel. Why would he lie about this? I think we should probably just give him the game. Yeah. Even, and, I, and my, I like to think that that would have been my position regardless if I was the inept employee who, did, who messed this up. Be like, oh, he's he's an NBA player. I think he he like probably isn't stealing from us. He's a lottery pick. I have a feeling he could afford the game. I don't know why he would try to take yeah. it. Like it'd be really weird for him to try and do this. Like we should probably just give it to him. But like. I don't know if I was being taught a lesson or what. Lesson learned. I quit. Uh, Yeah. Well, hey, (laughs) sometimes you got to, buddy. All right. That's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Uh, Gregory, a delight to get back to talking sports and everything else with you. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.